Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Um, I wonder where your uh, conversations went. Uh, maybe, and this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I, I, I thought I might want to say this before I came. You know, maybe, frankly... Um, this is an image of something that you would really love in your life, but you haven't been able to for whatever ever reason, and uh, that's quite challenging. I also know that church can sometimes be challenging, particularly a church like ours where there's loads of kids' work and family stuff, and it can feel like, you know, if you've got a family, it's great, but if you haven't, it's, it's a bit more difficult. Uh, hopefully, um, we, can, we can work to, to make this a place, each of us, where, where that isn't how people feel. I actually put it up here, though, to uh, just get us into the thinking of not uh, the, the physical experience of having a child, but this image of new birth that the Bible introduces in so many different places. It's a very powerful image, an image of hope, miracle, this amazing kind of immense power of a new life. And the energy and the creativity uh, that it brings. And uh, that's what I'd love you to just keep in mind as Veronica comes up now. She's going to read a couple of verses from the beginning of John's gospel that build on this theme. Uh, Thank you, Ian. So, Veronica, if you want to come up and read. So the reading this evening is on page 1075 in the Pew Bibles. It's John chapter 3, that's page 1075. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks so much, Veronica. Do keep that open if you've got it on a Bible or a device. uh, uh, I think you'll you'll find it uh, helpful to follow along. Well, uh, some time uh, ago now, I got uh, speaking to... Uh, a lady about my uh, faith, and um, somehow, relatively early on in the conversation, she looked at me and she said, 
You're not one of those born-again Christians, are you? You're not one of those born-again Christians, are you? Now, I wonder how you would have responded in that uh, particular situation. Um, I uh, have to say, I, I wasn't exactly sure what I should do. Uh, perhaps I shouldn't really admit this, but um, if I'm going to be honest, there was quite a part of me that wanted to say no. The way the, the question came, uh, perhaps you know, she'd met a bunch of people in the past who had rather misrepresented the Lord Jesus. At, they'd been, I don't know, very exclusive in their behavior. They'd been a bit self-righteous. They'd been a bit boring. And as far as she was concerned, kind of born again, went with that group of people. And I really didn't want to be with that label. So if I said no, would she, you know, would she give us a second chance? On the other hand, um, I remember John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. And I don't think I would ever say this, but I suppose strictly the answer to the question to you're not one of those born again Christians again, are you? is there aren't actually any others. There's no other type of Christian. The only type of Christian there is, is a born-again Christian. And that's what our Lord and Savior taught us. Well, you can tell me afterwards how you would have responded. I'm sure you guys, you're very imaginative and uh, um, subtle and, and, and clever people. You'd have great, much better ways of dealing with that situation. But whatever you think about it, whether that's a word that you know you really struggle with, uh, whether you've got real curiosity about, um, whether it's, you know, you love it, I think it'll be great this evening to spend a little bit of time thinking about that phrase that Jesus taught. And as we do that, I'm praying for two things, really. First of all, I'm praying for a renewed conviction for each of us that new birth must happen, that it needs to happen. That spiritual new birth is something vital for every single one of us and all those whom we know. And secondly, a renewed confidence that such a thing can happen. Confidence that God actually is in the business of bringing about new birth. And therefore, to, need, to think it needs to happen is a hopeful and positive thing to say. Good. So let's just go through this passage. It's a wonderful passage. I'm sure you're familiar with it, many of you. And um, uh, it begins with a lovely little detail, and it's a little bit of a detour, but I'm going to go there. The man who comes in the night. The man who comes in the night. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night, it says. Jesus engaged many people, most of them, I guess, in the broad daylight, but some in the night. And Nicodemus came in the night. He came in the night because he was a respected religious leader. He had great religious authority, probably great moral authority, significantly more authority and standing than I would have in our culture. The religious leaders, particularly he who was a member of the ruling council, would have been right up there. There was a huge amount, I think, for him riding on not being seen with Jesus. There was a huge amount resting on holding the line against this imposter who was preaching this new message. Nicodemus was in with the society. He had a lot to lose. 
And Jesus was on the fringe. He was not like the kind of things we've done in the past. He was a bit over-eager. He was uh, one of those people that you, you wouldn't really want to be too close if you're kind of a leader in the established society. And so Nicodemus came at night when no one would see him, when he could have an encounter that no one would ask him about the day after. He came unseen to avoid being seen by others, and he came kind of half in, half out, as far as Jesus is concerned. He said to Jesus, um, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who's come from God, for you could not perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with you. It's kind of like, well, Jesus, I see something very special about you. There's obviously something going on here. Perhaps you can identify with that. There's something in this man. Perhaps for you it's the same. It's the miracles. Perhaps for you it's the, the teaching. There's something behind this Jesus figure. But uh, let's be clear. He wasn't fully on board. You know, he wasn't like, I'm at, you know, tell me where to sign. He's, I'm curious. I'm here in, dark, in the dark. Now tell me a bit more. And the reason I pick up that detail is because perhaps that's you. If that's you, if you're here in the dark, as it were, if you're here and your friends don't know you're here, or your family don't know you're here, or if your work colleagues ever found out that you were here, that would just be an awful situation. You can't even imagine what that conversation would go like. That's okay. The Lord Jesus has a great history communicating and speaking with people like that. Perhaps you're here unseen in another sense. Perhaps you've been on these pews many, many times before. And on the outside, it looks you know, pretty much like you, you know, you've got this whole Christianity thing sorted. You're kind of signed up. But there's an unseen reality inside of you. Perhaps inside, frankly, you're, you're Nicodemus. You've got a whole load of questions, a whole load of doubts. You're at best half in. Well, again, if that's you, you're welcome. It's great that you're here. And you don't have to tell anyone today that that is you. But it's lovely that you're here. And let me say, if you're a regular and actually you, 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 you don't feel like that, you feel confident in the Lord Jesus, please join me in helping make this church a place where those who want to come at night, those who want to come in the dark and ask their questions, those who are half in and want to know a bit more, feel welcome and accepted and able to come and ask. That's my little detour on the man who comes at night. But we want to focus really our time. Our main focus here is on what Jesus teaches him. And it comes there in verse 3. He says, uh, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. Jesus teaches that if you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to experience the blessings of God's rule now and eternally, you, we, we all need to have the Holy Spirit come and make us spiritually alive. Now, let's just uh, trace the journey that's all in that verse here, because there's quite a lot here. Um, Nicodemus, remember, thinks there's something in this Jesus guy. There's something in, 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 in what he's done. But Jesus responds to him on a completely different level. Now, Nicodemus may be uh, 
understood a little bit more about the whole idea of the kingdom of God and so forth. And so the words that Jesus said may have felt, felt more familiar. But let's just walk it through. Nicodemus says, hmm, I'd like to know a bit more about you. And Jesus comes straight in and says, there is a thing called the kingdom of God. You can see it. You must see it. If you want to see it, you have to be born again. That is quite a message. So let's just walk through that briefly. There is a thing called the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God. It seems it's kind of interchangeable with eternal life or salvation. There is a realm where God is recognized as king. And that realm exists now. Wherever Jesus is honored as king in the hearts of people and communities, there is the kingdom. But that kingdom is also waiting to reach its fulfillment beyond this earthly existence. There is a thing called the kingdom of God. Secondly, you can see it. You can experience it. You can enjoy it. You can do that now. You can be part of the kingdom of God now. You can have eternal life now. But you can be part of it in the future too. Thirdly, that's you can see it. Thirdly, he says you must see it. There is a thing called the kingdom of God. You can see it. You must see it, he says. This is what you're made for. This is your great purpose. I don't know what your purpose for life is. There may be many wonderful things that you hope to do with your life. God says you're made to be in his kingdom. And finally, if you want that, you must be born again. He says no one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. And the word here uh, could mean one of two things. It could mean born from above, so have a, you know, a sort of spiritual life rather than just an earthly life. It could mean again as in a second time. They come to mean the same thing. Okay, so um, again, I don't know how you feel about that statement. It, it may be pretty baffling to you. It may be you've got a lot of questions. It may be um, it's familiar territory. I was, I'm deeply kind of encouraged by what happens next because Nicodemus is having none of it. He thinks this is a crazy thing to say. So if that's you today, you're in good company. Nicodemus says, how can anyone be born in old age? Nicodemus asks, verse 4. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. I mean, he, he basically makes a, he has a joke. He, he mocks Jesus. He's so kind of, just, he just thinks this idea is so uh, ridiculous. It's absurd. Or perhaps even deep down he thinks the reality of this kind of, spiritual born again speak this is just too much jesus and so jesus kindly explains to him what he means let's just take a moment to to see that first of all in verse five he says i tell you the truth no one can enter the kingdom of god without being born of water and the spirit so this is the first bit that helps us understand what he's saying he's saying you need a spiritual life from the Holy Spirit that comes into you. So water is kind of this. We've all been born like that. But we need to be born of the Spirit. The Spirit, there needs to be a supernatural spiritual awakening. Secondly, verse 6, he explains that there are two types of birth. He says, look, flesh gives birth to flesh. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. So there is a natural form of birth that we all went through. But the kind of birth Jesus is talking about here 
is something spiritual. You can't access it. You can't envision it in the same way. Thirdly, he says, you can't, although you can't see this new birth, you can't actually see it happening, you can see its effects. Verse 8, he says, look, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I love this verse because I'm a windsurfer. And uh, windsurfing is just absolutely exhilarating if you've ever done it. Uh, And part of what makes it so exhilarating is, frankly, you've just got a piece of plastic that you're holding onto and you're in the middle of the sea. But what happens is suddenly this thing comes alive. And, uh, you know, you're hooked in with your kind of harness here. um, And you lean back and the thing just takes off and flies. It's the closest thing to flying that um, I think I've ever done in terms of just me making it happen. And of course, the amazing thing is it's, it's, it's the wind. You feel the power of the wind. You can't see it, but you feel the power of the wind. And so it is with the new birth. You, you can't see the Spirit, but you can see the effects of the Spirit. So you know when it's happening, when that birth has happened. Okay, now, that much is not totally simple, but hopefully we can get our heads around what's being said there. But it probably does raise some quite significant questions, and so I just want to try and work through some of those now together with you. First of all, isn't this a bit weird? Is this a bit weird to talk about sort of the spirit and working in our lives. I mean, I don't know if you, you, could, you could bust this one out over a coffee and a, you know, and a biscuit at half past ten at work tomorrow. I don't know how that would go down. I, I mean, I don't know your work. Probably most people would look at you a little bit askance. You know, if you, if you, if you said at the staff meeting tomorrow, did you know actually that um, if you want to see the kingdom, uh, you need to be born again? You might get this kind of a response like Nicodemus. Isn't it weird? Yes. We're Christians. We believe weird things, strange things. We believe in a supernatural world that is not the same as the natural world that we see here. Now, that is basic, but also game-changing. We believe in a whole realm of activity of the Spirit that is on top of or in the midst of, but unseen in this world. This is strange. And there is no getting around it. If you want to deal with Jesus, you've got to deal with the weird. Okay, that's the first thing. Secondly, isn't this divisive? I mean, it's pretty sharp, isn't it, what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying you have to be born again. So presumably if you're not born again, you don't get to see the kingdom of God. And again... I think we have to recognize, yeah, on one level, it is. But it is an essential picture of what Jesus is teaching, and he invites everyone into this. No one is excluded from what he's offering here. And we want to accept it. These are the words of Jesus. If if they were good enough for Nicodemus, they're good enough for us. So those are two big objections and and things to deal with. I'd love to speak to you more about those things, if those are things you've got questions about. Um, There's there's plenty more to to be said about that. Let's next get on to some basic questions. Like, okay, if I need to be born again, how does this get activated? How do I, how do, I do this? And we're going to say more about this le- next week, so come back next week. 
Um, but the short answer is by putting our faith in Christ. When we, when we trust Christ, he gives us his Holy Spirit. Next question, how do I know if I am born again? Now, this is a really important question, right? Because if, if, if Jesus says this is vital, we want to we know where we stand with him. Let me say a few things to them. There are some people, and perhaps there are some people that you know, or even in this church, perhaps it's you, uh, who have a Damascus Road-type conversion, right? Literally, their life, their life experience is a bit like this. I was going along this way, and then I met Jesus, and my life got completely miraculously turned around, and now I'm going this way. And, you know, I can tell you it was like 2.45 on the 2nd of January in 1991, and I've never looked back. In my experience so far, at least amongst British Christians that I've met, that's not normal. Most people don't have that kind of experience. And that can be a challenge for us. If our lives have, if we've come to Christ kind of imperceptibly over time, um, we may wonder, well, has it actually happened? So here's the thing. I don't think you need to know the moment that you were converted. I don't think you need to know the moment that you were born again in order for it to be true that you are born again. You just need to know at some point it has happened. Uh, the only picture that I could think of to help us think, think this through is the tide. right? If you watch the tide turning, you, you can't perceive it. Right? You, you can't see it, it, it turning. It just seems to sort of sit still. But if you stay there for sort of two hours... After a while, the water is over there and it was over here. It's definitely gone back out again. That's what we can do in the Christian life. We, we can't necessarily pinpoint this thing as, as, a, as a moment, but we can see its effects over time. Secondly, what about, what about my feelings? One of the challenging things is sometimes we feel so filled by the Spirit, and we think, yes, I have this spiritual life. And other times we just feel dead, and frankly, just the heavens are brass, and we're either just, we feel apathetic, we don't really, we don't really care, or, 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 or we feel distant from God. You know, feelings come and go. Feelings are not necessarily a measure of whether we have the Spirit or not. Our sin stays with us, and part of our sin and our, our, our weakness um, is that our feelings ebb and flow. Ultimately, the only answer we can have is, have we put our trust in Christ? So let's not worry too much about our feelings. Having said that, over time, I think we do see the effects of the wind, as it were. We can know that we have been born again because we experience something. Here are some of the things that the Bible talks about we might experience. One effect of knowing, of having the Spirit, is that God feels like our Father. So when we approach God, we feel this amazing ease and confidence to come to him like the most loving father that you could ever imagine and then some. And we feel we can say to him, Daddy, I need these things. Help me with this. And it's, it's not difficult. Knowing God as father is one of the great evidences of the Spirit's work. Um, secondly, and related to that, is a sense of peace with God. One of the evidences of the Spirit is that we, we recognize that our relationship with God is, is okay. Not because we're sinless, 
but because Christ has died for us. And we have a confidence about that. We're not worrying about the future. We have great assurance. Those are just two things. I, I, we could talk about that further and if you'd like to. Um, I, I'd really love to do that with you. But there's just two things, I think, that's really good to focus on. These are the, the indicators that um, the Spirit has kind of started his life in us. And let me then just close with just a couple of implications. First of all, there's huge good news, I think, in these verses. So much good news. It gives us so much confidence. God does the work in us coming to faith. This is great news for me as a minister. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I don't have to generate um, the Christian faith. Fantastic. God is after this. And if, if these pews are going to be filled and what they're filled with is people who are really alive in faith is going to have absolutely well, it's going to have very little to do with me. It, ultimately, it's going to be him. This is brilliant. But it's actually good news for every one of us. You know, sometimes we think, oh man, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to muster up the kind of energy and zeal to really make it in the Christian life. You don't have to. That comes from God. And there is huge hope in that. I'll tell you a brief story of a, of a friend. I remember she was thinking, do I want to start in the Christian life? Do I want to make a start? And she basically said, look, I'm not really sure that I, I can sort of get myself going to live Jesus' way. And I was able to say, well, no, he will give you the strength to do that. You can get started in the Christian faith. So there's good news. There's also um, a challenge here. Uh, and two things I just want to, want to pick up on here. Number one, there's no riding on someone else's ticket in the kingdom of God. Uh, the um, evangelist uh, Reinhard Bonnke said this, God has no grandchildren. He has only children. So everyone needs to be born again. You know? And that's, that's challenging, isn't it? Sometimes we rely on, oh, I came to church all my life. Of course I'm a Christian. Or, you know, I'm, I'm British. I'm, I'm a Christian. Or, you know, I'm really, I, li- I have friends at church. Of course I'm a Christian. Or, you know, I, I, I went through the ritual of baptism. Of course I'm a Christian. Ultimately, every single one of us needs to be born again. God has no grandchildren. And finally, if what we're looking for is a spiritual work, it means we need prayer. We need prayer. Uh, we have a, a vision for our church. It's a wonderful vision. And uh, it includes hope for revival. Revival is when a whole bunch of people together come alive spiritually and then others get added to them. And that's what I'm praying for and I'm hoping for in in this church. I would love it if every single seat here was filled with people who want to come and worship. Not because we want to fill the church on a Sunday, but because actually South Croydon has come spiritually alive. And it's not just about our building, it's all the other churches and other places of worship and even the homes and businesses and everything that we want revival. How is that going to happen? It's not just going to be because we're clever at programs. And we've got to watch out as a church because we do great programs. We're really good at that stuff. Ultimately, what we need is a move of God's spirit. And for that, we need prayer. So I wonder whether you, whether you pray for that. Uh, do you pray personally? Or do you pray personally just for the work of God's spirit in you? Um, 
Perhaps you pray for your friends that they would know God's Spirit working in them for that miracle of new birth to happen in their life. Perhaps you would join us in our corporate prayer. This week we had a prayer at the center. It happens every second Wednesday of each month. We get together on Zoom or in person sometimes to pray for, amongst other things, revival, new spiritual life. And, uh, you know, I would love to see a good number of people there from, from this service represented, as well as from um, our other ser- service. We need prayer. Okay, I think that'll do us uh, for now. Perhaps there are some things here that uh, are totally new to you, and I want to say, if there are, please do uh, come and discuss them with me or someone else um, on the team. Uh, Perhaps the Lord has spoken to you about particular things that have put on your heart that you want to bring back to him. Um, Perhaps even he's calling you uh, to invite him in, to kind of ask for that spiritual new life yourself. I'm just going to invite the uh, musicians up now. They're going to come, and in just a moment, they're going to lead us. This is a song that asks for the Spirit of God. And uh, as, they, as they lead us on, in this, perhaps you want to move your, kind of the heart of your prayer, first of all, from yourself, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me, asking for revival in your own heart. Um, perhaps then... You want to move out to the, to the people around you, your family, your friends, asking for God's Spirit to work there as well. Perhaps you want to make this a prayer not just for yourself and your own community, but this whole church, our church family, or indeed our community and our city. Let's just take a moment of quiet as we consider. We might want to keep the scriptures open there for a moment, and then the musicians are going to come and lead us in prayer. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.